Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldon and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. So how bad is our economic situation now? Let's be honest, the scale of the setback is pretty overwhelming. The government has stepped in to support the businesses that have been forced to close and the hundreds of thousands of newly unemployed workers. And while this support is welcome and necessary, it's going to be costly, very costly. Podcast producer Declan Conlon asked two of our economic experts, Chris Johns and David McWilliams, for some ideas about how to meet the enormous economic challenges ahead. Chris Johns, you've argued in your Irish Times economics column that we can find some of the money we need to pay our coronavirus bills by taking the Apple tax money. Remind us what that is. The basic details of the Apple tax case go back a number of years to particular tax arrangements that Apple had uh, globally for channeling um, its profits um, via Ireland to a low or in some cases zero tax regime. And the European Commission launched an investigation into these tax arrangements and found that uh, Apple in fact owed the Irish exchequer just over 13 billion euros. As part of this legal appeals process, Apple did pay the money that had been decreed by the European Commission, but it was placed in something called an escrow account. That money is to be held there pending this appeal, and legal eagles expect it to take anything up to 10 years. So it's 15 billion sitting there doing nobody any good whatsoever. Given what's going on with COVID-19, with with the current state of the world economy, with the current state of um, everything, really, having 15 billion sitting there doing absolutely nothing um, is, 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 is almost an affront. And surely we should think creatively about doing some good with it. In normal circumstances, it was absolutely right that this money was put there. There, there is a lot of dispute about who owns it ultimately. Even if it isn't Apple or the Irish Exchequer, there may well be other countries who have a claim on it. All these things do need to be worked out. But these are extraordinary times. They are not ordinary times. And we need to think differently. And the financing of the solutions to that economic crisis um, needs to be thought through. Because ultimately, um, this money is going to be borrowed. How are we going to pay it back? How are we going to finance it going forward? And it will spark debates about whose taxes are going to go up when this is all over and which spending will be cut when all of this is all over. And and, and um, we're going to have to think very differently, I think, in the future compared to the past. So the Apple tax money is a significant amount of money, but it's comparatively small potatoes when you look at how much money is being spent across Europe and the world to deal with this crisis. What can be done on the larger scale? Well, in Europe, I think that um, for all sorts of reasons, uh, a very powerful signal would be um, some kind of, um, they've been called COVID-19 bonds, euro bonds, bonds issued that have, um, uh, uh, that cover the entire eurozone, the sort of thing that that we wanted to see, some of us wanted to see, at least during the financial crisis, as evidence of European solidarity. I'd have hopes that that we are going to see a lot more European solidarity. It's, it's going to be necessary, I think. Um, so euro, euro bonds would be one idea. 
um, more generally, I think that the size of, of fiscal spending, because the, I think the central banks on the monetary side have done about all that they can, at least in terms of signaling they've got to deliver now. But um, there has to be an awful lot of spending coming out of Brussels and creative spending solutions coming out of Brussels. And, and the signs there are encouraging, quite frankly. We, 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 but we, are, we, we do need to see more. Um, and that, that will translate into spending in Ireland. I mean, I mean, it's quite clear that there's going to be a lot of spending. This is the, and this is the opportunity to, to, you know, to spend on the health service, to spend on infrastructure. The money is going to be there. Let's do it. All of the stuff that's been put in place now is being put in place to try and encourage the, the very sharp rebound. Because if, we, it, it, because if you don't lay that groundwork, we stand no chance of a V-shaped recovery. In fact, we, we, we worry about what kind of recovery we might get at all because of the, the economic destruction that this virus could, could lead to. So all of the things that are being done are absolutely necessary and more will be needed to be done to, to really just um, give us our best chance of that V-shaped recovery. David McWilliams. Everyone is saying this is an economic crisis that's different than anything we've ever seen before. How should we think about it? And how should we handle it? I've always tried to think of this as not economic annihilation that some people are talking about, but rather economic hibernation, that we're trying to put the economy into hibernation. And by that, I mean, we're trying to give ourselves a set period of time that we are going to disengage from capitalism capitalism being suspended, and then try and suspend reality. And in order to do that, we need to spend a huge amount of public money, need to, a lot of people are saying, borrow a huge amount of money. My own sense is we don't need to borrow. We could actually monetize this. The reward for behaving very well over the last 40 years with money, i.e. having independent central banks, having low levels of inflation, having high levels of trust in institutions, having high levels of trust in money, the reward for that is in times of crisis, you can actually tear up the rule book safe in the knowledge that your population understand this is a crisis and you're actually printing money. So the difference between the European Union, for example, and take a country like Argentina, is Argentina over the years have always been messing around with money. They've been devaluing, inflating, using money as a tool to get certain governments into power. We haven't done that. So we now have the luxury of printing money, we have that luxury. And that luxury is a reward for our previous good behavior where we haven't abused the most powerful asset that governments have, which is the power to print money. So to answer your question, money has value because we believe it has value. Nothing to do with accountancy, all to do with social beliefs. Money is powerful because it's socially acceptable. It's almost like a social network rather than uh, something you think about at any great level. We can now use the awesome power of money to put the economy asleep and to reignite the economy when we decide the health pandemic has passed. You've been arguing that the government should consider handing out so-called helicopter money, which means lump sum cash payments to every person in the country. Will that do anything more than create a short-term boost in spending? What happens in a crisis like this is that once you worry 
that you are out of business. Let's say you're a small business. Then your big fear is you'll run out of money. Then you worry that the next guy, your supplier, will run out of money. They won't pay you. Then you fear that your bank will call in your loans. So whatever small amount of cash you have, you regard that as gold almost, and you hoard it. And so very quick, in very quick order, despite interest rates being very, very low or, or negative in some cases, money actually disappears from the economy. It actually disappears because people hoard it. So therefore, good businesses go bad because they run out of money. Now, if you take the view that there's no reason to run out of money because we can print the stuff and we can actually credit people's accounts, then ultimately, ultimately, what we're looking at is a bureaucratic, technocratic solution or problem, which needs a technocratic solution rather than an economic one. So you just print it. The reason we put money into people's accounts right now is not actually to kickstart spending right now. It's to make the hibernation less anxious. So imagine we're going to put the economy to sleep, right? What do you need for a good night's sleep? Good night's sleep, and this is what humans need. You need not to be worried. You know when you wake up in the middle of the night and if you have something on your mind, you don't roll over, you go back to sleep. You freak out and you're up and you're thinking and you're pushing around, right? So we've got to remove economic anxiety. And a huge part of the economic anxiety, Declan, is what you've just mentioned. You know, should I spend? Should I not? So once you inject money into people's accounts, they know it's there. The bank knows it's there. Their suppliers know it's there. Other people know it's there. And actually, this serves to reduce dramatically levels of collective anxiety over money. And this is simply a technocratic thing. That the urgency is now. It's not tomorrow, or the next day, or the next day. It's right now. And I think that we need to act with extraordinary uh, firmness and absolute clarity right now. Chris Johns, we've seen the damage this has done to the economy already, only a few short weeks into the crisis. How bad is it going to get? The only honest answer is, I don't know, it all depends on how long it lasts. The biggest thing of all that could encourage, facilitate the V-shaped economic recovery is if the ultimate cause of all of this, the virus, is seen to be contained for whatever, for, for either via a medical breakthrough or all of the isolation um, procedures starting to work. If the more optimistic end of expectation says that we, are, we have it contained, I don't mean cured or stopped, but just contained in the next few weeks or couple of months, then I think the famous V-shaped recovery is the thing that we should be looking to. If it lasts into next year, into 2021, as some people fear that it might, at the worst end of expectations, then the economic consequences are almost unimaginable. If the health epidemic goes on for a long, long time, well, then the economy will be, what I've always said, will be put to sleep for a long, long time. The best metaphor I can use is, you know, the dinosaurs were wiped out, you know, by, a, by an asteroid hitting the planet. You know, this is like an asteroid hitting the economy. This is a natural disaster hitting us. There are basic survival questions going, you know, going to be raised the longer it goes on. Economic survival, I mean. Cliff Taylor, some interesting ideas there. 
Um, isn't it true, as Chris John says, there's 15 billion sitting in an escrow account doing nothing? That's surely an affront, isn't it? It is uh, at a time, I guess, when the world is going to be looking for, uh, and Ireland is going to be looking for a lot of money to, to invest. I mean, I guess the issue is that we can't just, unfortunately, dip our hand into this and, and take the money because it is jointly controlled by ourselves and Apple uh, pending the outcome of this EU court uh, decision, which, Chris, as Chris John says, could take, could take a number of years. If we want to get this money, we, have to, we would have to negotiate with Apple and I, and I guess the EU Commission as well. Uh, before this crisis, I think no one was thinking of that. But as Chris said, times have changed. I doubt it will be top of the agenda because we can borrow money very cheaply at the moment. But uh, let's, let's wait and see how it, how it plays out in the, in the months ahead. So is now the opportunity to finally create your bonds? Yeah, this is, this is going to be a big issue, I think, over the next few months. And I think we got off to a bad start last week. There was a big row at the EU Council uh, they, you know, large, not, not quite split on North versus South Europe, but uh, a lot of the European countries, including France and Ireland uh, and the Southern Europeans, calling for this Eurobond idea, which basically is everyone borrowing together, um, you know, so that, for example, the markets don't charge Italy a higher rate than they do Germany. Everyone can get access to money at cheap rates. The Northern Europeans don't like this idea. Their electorates don't like this idea. Um, and, and there was a big bust up. Uh, I, I think this is going to probably come back on the agenda in some form or other, uh, particularly if the crisis drags on. Uh, but f- for the moment, it's a difficult subject, but I, I think an important one. And I think if progress isn't made here, it, it could have significant longer, not only economic implications, but also political. And shouldn't we do, as David McWilliams suggests, and simply print money? Yeah, I think we're heading that direction, to be honest with you. So, again, the Northern Europeans have been very uh, very strict in the past on, on the way the ECB operates and, and that it doesn't operate in the way that, say, the Fed and the US does and, and kind of print money from time to time effectively. I think the commitment that the ECB gave uh, last week to buy government bonds is, is, is moving in that direction, uh, moving quite a long way in that direction, uh, to be honest. Uh, and I think, again, we may see more of that to come in, in, in the months ahead. I think there is no doubt that a lot of this is going to fall back on national exchequers and our borrowing is going to go up and, and taxes and everything to pay for this in the years to come. But certainly in the short term, I think there is a strong argument for, for, for the ECB taking a, you know, taking a proactive approach, providing money to the financial system, providing money you know, that can then trickle down to or move down to households. Uh, you know, to, to to get the economy going again, because the extent of the shock we're facing is just is, is unprecedented. And what's the latest on the Irish economy in terms of the projections? Yeah, a few things. Uh, a few things have happened today. One is that we got the first indication uh, of how many people have become unemployed, or or at least aren't working uh, on the basis of what's happened. So that around three hundred thousand people, uh, give or take have applied for the uh, COVID unemployment payment. And also 20,000 companies have applied for the, for the income support scheme, which was announced last week. So, so there's, there's been a couple of schemes announced and you know, there's a bit of perhaps double counting between the figures there. Uh, but when you consider that 200,000 people were on the live register before this started, another 300,000 now are either moving onto the live register or via the COVID payment are going to be uh, supported while remaining in employment with their companies and certainly more to come over the next couple of weeks, particularly in the construction sector. You can see the enormous effect of this 
I mean, we did see something on the scale of this uh, during the last financial crisis, but the suddenness of it really is it really is quite extraordinary. Do we have any reason at all to be cheerful, Cliff? Look, the, the, the thing is that, that uh, you know, looking out over the next few months, really a lot of this comes down to the public health response and the success of the public health response. So we have chosen to, uh, for very good reasons, to put a large part of the economy, as Dave McWilliams said, to sleep, uh, to turn it off. Uh, unfortunately, that can't be done, you know, while creating no damage because, you know, the ripples are spreading out. There are companies that are closing which are not going to reopen. But we have to hope that when the crisis is over, that a lot of the activity to stop can can effectively restart again. You know, the construction sites can can restart, uh, the retails can reopen, the restaurants can reopen. The, the I guess the unanswered question and, and the thing that, you know, nobody knows is how, how long are we facing these restrictions uh, and, and when they start to lift, what, what, will, you know, what will remain in place over the next few months? Because I don't think anyone thinks that the restrictions are going to be you know, there one day and all go on the next. It's going to be a gradual process and the impact on that of the economy is, is very uncertain. There was one interesting study from the OECD published today, which was the first attempt, I think, internationally to look at the, the impact of all this. It said that in, in, on average in most economies, the second quarter of, the, of this year could be 20 to 25% economic activity below the same period last year, again emphasizing the extraordinary extent of the shock. We were, I suppose, at, at the lower end of that in that they estimated the effect here would be 15%, still an extraordinary drop uh, were it to happen. I, I think the reason we're lower is because we have a much bigger manufacturing base. And of course, we have all these issues about measuring GDP in the Irish economy and the real level of activity. So, you know, I think we're probably in line to suffer with a, pretty much a, in line with the international average, maybe a little less. Uh, but the really big question is how quickly things can turn, how quickly things can reopen and start to come back. Because the longer it goes on, the more damage is caused to the economic structure. You know, what might be called the structure, companies close. Uh, workers are laid off, uh, made made redundant, and, and it becomes harder and harder to uh, to restart again. So we just have to keep our fingers crossed and hope that the public health storm can abate in a few months and, and allow uh, allow the authorities to let things restart. Well, we'll happily latch on to that one sliver of good news, Cliff. Thank you. My thanks to Declan Conlon who produced today's podcast, and thanks for listening. Stay up to date with the latest developments at irishtimes.com. We'll be back tomorrow.